Hello and welcome to Hoosier Football Tailgate here on the Believe Network. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith. Thank you for joining us here this evening. Uh, we're going to have a really good time tonight. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, recruiting with pigs.com. Matt Weaver will be joining us here shortly to talk a little bit about where the Hoosiers 2024 football commits uh, stand at this point in the season, especially after the change and firing of Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator. Did that change things or did that, uh, do we still have uh, kids still firmly committed to the Hoosiers in? 2024. We're also going to look at a little bit to talk a little bit about this, uh, uh, the firing of Walt Bell again, just for a few. And then as, as we, uh, time permits, we're going to talk a little bit about the new big 10 schedule that just came out, uh, that will go through the seasons of 2024 through 2028, I believe. And it's got an interesting dynamic, uh, no more divisions. And we're going to just one full standing where the two top team, two top teams will play for the big 10 championship at the end of the year and it's going to be a mixture of um travel to and from the east coast west coast however you want to look at it they tried to keep um the uh details down to the fact of travel and you know not trying to put one school uh, at a disadvantage as it comes to that, as well as trying to keep some things in, in perspective, especially with the West Coast teams prominently playing West Coast schools and vice versa. But we'll talk a little bit about that as we get started here uh, a little bit on tonight. Just a reminder, Bet Online is your number one informational source for all sports wagering up to the minute the stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. It's uh, a one-shop stop for all your things, both NFL and college. Remember, if you head over to betonline.ag right now, use the code pro, uh, promo BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll receive a 50% welcome uh, bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is where the game starts. Like I said, we're going to be joined here shortly by Matt Weaver from pegs.com. Uh, but in the meantime, wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the things in recruiting right now as the Hoosiers stand with about 18 commitments overall and uh, rank uh, 52nd uh, overall in the country at this point in time they've got a fair mixture of indiana georgia ohio wisconsin but we'll let matt talk a little bit about that and everything as it pertains to recruiting and his uh expertise in that area we'll also talk to matt a little bit about the recent change at offensive coordinator for the hoosiers as walt bell is out as the offensive coordinator stepping in is rod carey the former head coach at northern illinois in temple will be joining the offensive staff as a full-time offensive coordinator, no interim tag whatsoever. Uh, contract details were to be worked out here over the next few weeks, but uh, Rod Carey is at the front of the ship as the new offensive coordinator for the Hoosiers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Matt Weaver from pegs.com right after these messages. 
Welcome back to the Hoosier Football Tailgate here on the Believe Network. Uh, joining me now is Matt Weaver from pegs.com. And Matt, I know down in Indiana right now in Bloomington, there's been a little bit of change, I should say. Uh, the dismissal of Walt Bell as the offensive coordinator, the promotion of Rod Carey. Uh, wanted to kind of get your feeling on that, you know, after the Maryland game. And it really spans about, I mean, the first four games of the season in the uh, productivity uh, uh, level for the Hoosier offense that kind of led to this. But what is your initial thought process with this change? Well, I mean, it's obviously it's not ideal. You don't want to change OCs or really any coaches during the middle of the season, but it kind of had to happen. And you mentioned the first four games. You can even go back last year. They were one of the worst offenses in the Big Ten in uh, 22, and, and it hadn't gotten – in fact, you could make you – it probably gotten worse – Right. Um, and it just, it was one of those things. I think it had to happen. It just wasn't working. Um, you know, after the Akron game, I asked Coach Bell in the Monday press conference, what's your identity? Because I'll be honest, I, I had no idea what their identity was. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd come out sometimes running options, sometimes in the spread, sometimes running, you know, like two tight ends and trying to be almost like a power team. Um, it was confusing. And he said they're a run first team. You know, well, if you're a run first team, I don't know why you're playing Kevin Jackson because he's not a running quarterback. Right. He's a he's a pocket passer. So, you know, I don't know if there was some disagreement about the direction of the offense and who should be a quarterback. I don't know. That's in the inside the uh, offices. But it just was a square peg, round hole kind of situation, and it just wasn't working. Yeah, and I believe, you know, looking back over the last year and a half, I guess you could say, they're no better rushing the football today as they were a year year ago, as well as passing the football. It's almost identical in terms of the overall statistics, both uh, run and pass and scoring average. So there was uh, a big disconnect there uh, offensively uh, as it pertains to, like you said, they just didn't have an identity um, and they didn't have that play that they could hang their hat on. You know, what is that play when it comes, you know, uh, pardon the uh, reference nut crunch time you're going to get four or five yards I don't know if you can get an answer for that or not but it's neither here nor there at this point in time Rod Carey stepping in and I guess what is your thoughts on Rod I mean I I've known Rod for a number of years uh, dating back to my days in the Mac and you know I've had a tremendous amount of respect for what he did at Northern Illinois um he took a temple job that I'm not quite sure why he took that job uh, because that's kind of the place where coaches either uh, kind of go to, you know, kill their careers. But what is your initial impression off of him after that opening press conference? Um, well, I mean, I, I thought I, you know, I liked this press conference. He's a very honest, transparent, you know, straightforward guy. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he made it known. I mean, there, you, like he said, last year, we took off the line job. Uh, you, there's no magic wand. You can wave to fix everything. You know, you just got to try to be better. I know it's kind of coach speak and stuff, but you know, they, they, the play calling needs to be better. You know, what you're doing needs to be better. And the players need to execute better. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, let's be honest, this wasn't, this isn't all on Walt Bell. I mean, he's the OC right? Um, and he's one that, you know, takes the fall. But when you have this much of a disjointed offense, th- there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of people, you know, who aren't, who aren't doing their job or, you know, and, and maybe for whatever reason they couldn't connect under Walt Bell. Hopefully they can under Rod Carey, but I'm with you. He did a great job in Illinois. I was surprised when he took that temple job. Part of me wonders if it was one of those things was he at Northern Illinois for a certain amount of time. He just felt like it was time for a move. Right. You know, maybe he felt like he was getting stagnant. I don't know. I do know Pat Kraft was there and he's an IU guy. Maybe he, he, wanted to go work for an IU guy. I don't know. Right. Uh, maybe there was more money. I, you know, who knows? But yeah, it was, you know, it was, that was, a, that was a bit of a head scratcher because he really had it going at Northern Illinois, but I've got, I've talked to him a few times. We actually talked on the field Saturday uh, before the Maryland game. And I did, I don't know him real well. I've met him, um, but his son and my daughter both go to Garen high school. So we were talking <laughs> about that on the field and, and um, you know, he seems like a good dude. And we were kind of joking yesterday before the press conference, because they're, this week is homecoming week at Garen and the kids, you know, they wear uniforms, but this week they can dress up. And so we were joking about the, the, you know, our kids dressing up in different outfits. So he seems like a good guy. He's obviously been a very successful coach. Uh, he's a terrific player. I actually remember him back in the day, played on some really good Indiana teams yeah. in the uh, early nineties under coach Mallory he was a center, um, you know, and so, you know, I, ho hopefully it works out. I, I mean, you know, let's be honest, they can only go up. Um, it'll be interesting, in, interesting to see. They got seven games and five of those games are games where they can be competitive and, and, and uh, could get wins. I'm not saying they're going to get five wins, but you know, you look at Michigan and Penn state, those are going to be really tough right. no matter how well they play. But the other five games are games where I think they can be competitive and they would have a chance if they, but this offense obviously has got to play light years better. Right. And, and the defense quite honestly has got to be better too. Yeah, the defense has kind of regressed a little bit after that first couple of weeks. The only question I had for you up front, offensive line wise, you know, it's kind of a become a broken record, I guess, to a degree about the offensive line play. And it's gotten to the point now where you start having to look at it. Is it the talent? Is it not recruiting the right, you know, oh offensive linemen to compete at the big 10 level as well as the um overall um preparation weight room physicality all those things how much do you think that factors into this equation well and i hate to put stuff on rankings but the one thing that darren hiller did do well if you look at and rankings have kind of been adjusted over the years, but he brought in some of the highest rated linemen. And I'm not saying these were like four and five star guys, but compared to the past, he actually brought in higher rated guys. Now, does that mean they're going to be better? I think online, I mean, you were a coach. I think online is the hardest position to watch in high school. Yes. Because if you got a six, seven, 280 pound kid, there's probably going to be very few kids that match up to him physically. So he's going to dominate. I mean, it's not right. like basketball where these guys play against each other in real life football. You know, they, they, they just, it just doesn't happen. Um, so I think it's the hardest position just because you just don't know what, how that kid's going to react when he starts going up against a guy who is as big as him and can push him around. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I do have some questions about the strength program. I think it's taken a step back after Dave Blue left mm -hmm. uh, to go to Alabama. Um, you know, I had a coach, one of the coaches tell me when I asked about the O-line, he thought it was better, but he mentioned it, made an interesting comment. He said, we don't have any, well, he didn't say butt kickers, but I'll say butt kickers right. up front. He said, we got to do things where we pull guys and we got to do some kind of stuff to kind of help them out. So like basically they're more of a finesse line, which is why, you know, on some of these fourth and goals, you line up with, all, you know, six or seven guys. And basically you're trying to whip the other guy across from you when it's really not their strength. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you would think you would get down there. 
you got six, five receivers. Maybe we spread the field and throw some fade balls, you know, back shoulder fades. I mean, like I said, I'm, right. I'm armchairing it. I, it's easy oh, to of do course. it from my seat. Um, but, I, you know, I, it, it's you know, everybody was excited about Bostad. And I think Bob Bostad's a heck of a coach, but he's not a miracle worker. You're not going <laughs> to no. fix bad habits um, that these guys have learned over three or four years in a year and a half. You no. know? And, and I like Darren Hiller. Darren Hill was a friend of mine, but obviously it wasn't working. And what they were being taught was not working. And so it's just not, it's, it's going to be tough to fix that. And not even a year and a half post had just got in here in the spring. It's going to be right. tough to fix that, um, you know, uh, instantaneously. So, I mean, I think the O-line, I mean, it's hard to say they're better because they have not played well the last few weeks. I do think there's been some strides made, but they were so, you know, so poor last year. Like I said, you really had only one place to go and that was up. Um, but it'll be interesting. I, you know, if, assuming Bo Sands here for a number of years, who he recruits, what he tries to recruit, um, you know, if it differs from what, you know, one thing I'll say about Bo Sands, I don't think he cares about ratings. No. He brought in some guys that basically didn't have any D1, any other Power Five offers, and he did that at Wisconsin. Not saying it's going to work at Indiana, but I don't think he cared. I think he looks for his guy. You know, kind of reminds me of Greg Fry in that way. Fry brought in some guys that weren't super, but he he liked these guys. He coached them up, and and they became good linemen. Right, right. Well, you're, I mean, you're right. You're, Indiana's in a position where they have to develop their O line. They're not, you know, they're not going to go out and get the top tier def- offensive lineman or defensive lineman for that perspective and, and beat out the Ohio States, Michigan's, Penn State's, UCLA. I mean, you can go right down the list. They're going to have to take those guys that need a little bit of uh, tweaking and weight room development to get them up front, which they've done. I mean, you can't say they have because they have over the years they've done that quite quite well and some of those guys are in the league right now but let's talk a little bit about recruiting their main gig here and i'm just i hope you can see this on 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 the uh screen here just some of the guys um that you guys have got on your uh site there um just some of the guys here. I know Carpenter is a pretty highly rated quarterback out over in Trotwood, Madison. I know there was a recent article about him. What kind of where does he stand in his commitment of things? And if there are other uh, schools in the Big Ten that are after him? Yeah, I actually put an article out on Timothy, and he told me he's 100% locked in. Uh, he talked to Coach Allen and Coach Carey Sunday night, you know, the, at, later that night after uh, Coach Bell had been dismissed earlier in the day. And he said he's all in. Um, you know, it, it, as far as I know, and that's really the only guy I've reached out to, mainly because you know how it is at this point. Most of these guys' relationships are with their position coach mm-hmm. or the guy who's been their area recruiter. I mean, yeah, Walt Bell's involved with the offensive guys. But, you know, most guys are, are more concerned about their direct coach who they'll be playing for. So Timothy's the one guy I reached out to. Um, you know, I, I, he, he's all in. Um, where is it at? Jeremy Bell from down in Clinch County, Homerville, Georgia. He and I don't think this has to do with Walt Bell because he visited Georgia Tech this past Saturday. So obviously before Bell was ever dismissed and he's going to Florida this Saturday, I think this is a kid who's from the South and Southern schools are starting to pay attention. I don't think this has really anything to do with Bell. And I don't think it honestly has a whole lot to do with the fact the season's not going great. I just think it's, you know, how this is a Southern kid and SEC and ACC schools are starting to pay attention. So he's going to go check them out. You know, he told me he's still committed, but you know, my thing is, 
you know, if you're taking visits, you're really not committed. You know, when I was, <laughs> when I was engaged to my, when I was engaged to my wife, I wasn't going on another date. So, um, you know, no, no, it, no. It, it, yeah. That's, that's, that's not really committed in my opinion, but that's what kids will say. I'm still committed, but I'm, well, no, you're not. It's okay. I get it. They're kids. They're 17, 18 years old, but yeah, that's not really a commitment if you're taking other visits. So I'm not saying he's going to decommit. But, you know, typically in these kind of situations, if he continues to get interest and starts getting some offers, it's probably not good for Indiana. Well, right. And I don't know what type of season he's had up to up to date. Uh, But if he's getting those type of looks, especially from Florida, that means that they've lost somebody within their uh, ranks potentially. And they're looking for somebody to replace them in that regard. How about the kid up in Wisconsin? Uh, Is it uh, Liebfren? Austin Lee is it yeah. Lee, Lee a friend? Lee, I think it's Lee. I say Lee Fried, but I you I might be I might okay. Be you're Austin right. Fried. Yeah, I'm... big tackle. Yeah, Bostad went up there this week. I think he was up there today. Um, I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have a full list out uh, in the morning. But I think he was up there. I know he started out here in Indiana. He went and saw Demola Ajani, who plays at Speedway, um, and then the kid at uh, Danville, um, Evan Lawrence. Um, and then, uh, he was going to head up to Wisconsin and, and take a look at the two commits up there this week. Cause you know, with the, you know, it's the bye week, the coaches go out recruiting for a few days. So that kind of surprised everybody else is in the boat, but, um, you know, as we get closer to the end of the season, you know, the, right now these kids are so focused on their season, you know, a lot of them, they don't, the, you know, recruiting is kind of on the back burner for them, but you know, I, I, I don't, I feel good about the class so far, but we'll see. I mean, obviously if you keep playing like you did Saturday, there's not going to be a whole lot of wins on the schedule. And mm-hmm. some people might start getting some cold feet. Hopefully that's not the case, but, you know, time will tell on that. Well, you you said something there that I want to kind of come back to. I know the normal protocol on a bye week is for mostly the position coaches to go out and recruit. And then the OCs and the DCs and the quality controls and GAs are kind of staying back running the practices and such. I would have thought based upon where they're at in the season that may have gotten scrapped where they, you know, where the focus should have been in Bloomington and not necessarily, you know, out the entire week. Are you saying most of the coaches are gone this week? They, they actually, it was different. They didn't go out. Most of them did not go out until today. Okay. Um, that only makes a couple sense. of them only. So they're only going to be out for a couple days. Yeah. Um, most, most, uh, basically the entire staff, except for a couple guys, um, were, did not go out until today. A couple went out yesterday, Steven Ruzek, he went out in Bell's place because obviously Bell, you know, he's not right. out recruiting. He went out the entire week. He's their recruiting guy. So he's not a position coach. Gotcha. You know, he's the head recruiting guy. And when you know how that works, when a guy, you have a short, you're short assistant, you can have like one of those kind of guys go out in his place on the road. He went out all week. Gotcha. Um, he's a guy from Georgia. He's, I think his dad is a coach or was a coach down there. So he's got a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. I think he's been in Georgia most of the week recruiting for him. But yeah, they, they changed it up a little bit this week. Normally guys are maybe not on Monday, some guys, but usually they're out by Tuesday. And this yeah, week, right. this time this year, they stayed in, they stayed there for most of the week. And, and, um, and I'm guessing they were working on themselves because it was, I was a little surprised when I saw where the days when some of these guys are going out. Cause it's usually a couple to two, three days after they normally do. Well, I can certainly understand that when you've had the, 
turmoil that you've had internally offensively and even the defense over the last couple of weeks you know you better work on yourself because it don't matter if you don't get things straightened out uh where these kids stand because it will it, you know won't make a difference who are some of the kids in this class that you know from your perspective you're pretty fired up about when you look at it knowing you know the number of years you've covered uh IU in this regard i know you know kevin had some kevin wilson had some really nice recruiting classes through the years and um where what are some kids in this class that kind of stand out to you uh, right now well, we've already talked about one, Timothy Carpenter. I, I like him. Um, he's got good size. He's got good athleticism. You know, Trotwood Madison, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know Ohio as well as I know Indiana, but I know that's a good area. Dayton, Ohio, mm-hmm. Ohio area right. good for football. Um, you know, I, I had, I heard from someone inside the program earlier this season um, when some pro scouts were coming through and they, I guess they had one of them, they watched some, uh, they, they saw some film or they had seen some film on some Indiana's commits. And they said Quentin Clark was the guy they liked the best, the linebacker out of Dublin, Georgia. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy I know they're, the staff's very high on, um, and he's a guy that obviously you know, he's he's athletic, 6'1", 205, so not huge, but can really run, um, mm-hmm. explosive. You know, he's a guy. Um, you know, I always like guys who aren't getting a lot of interest going into their senior year year and you you i'm sure you've heard this many times assistant coach we're going to watch them for four or five weeks we're going to evaluate them and then we, we'll decide whether we're going to offer them or not kobe martin did that at fisher's high school the kids had a great senior year he's playing really well i had somebody inside the program tell me that they think he's you know a real steal he doesn't have big offers he was committed to uh, miami ohio uh, uh a friend of mine i'm sure you probably know him jason simmons who was a former ben davis coach mm-hmm. recruited him coach simmons is a guy i've known for years and i think the world of I'm sure he's disappointed, but, you know, getting a Big Ten offer, I, I think Kobe was kind of hoping for that, and he's blown up. And I always kind of like to see those guys who, um, who you know, work hard and prove themselves and get that offer in their senior year because it's hard to do. It doesn't happen very often. Right. They did lose one guy, Hubert, I think it's Caliste Jr. I think I'm, I think that's how I'm saying his name, from St. Augustine, New Orleans. And I know St. Augustine's a good program. I have heard there were some academic questions, and so IU was kind of – you know, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's tough to hold on to a kid because if he doesn't make it, then you've lost that spot in the class, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I think they parted ways with him. Um, I saw Christian Peterson play. I live here in the north in, in the Carmel area. He goes to Carmel. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He plays corner on offense. They use him um, when they get down in the red zone occasionally. Good athlete at Indiana. I think he's going to be he's going to kind of play that nickel slash husky position. OK, um, you know, I, I like him. Um, Brody Coaston, the tight end from up in Clarkston, Michigan. Um, I, he's a, he's a guy I like, uh, big six, six, two twenty five, And then even Lawrence to me is intriguing. These guys that are, they're kind of built like tight ends in high school, tall and thin and, and they, and they're athletic, um, you know, six, seven, I think Danville doesn't, I don't think plays the strongest football competition here in Indiana, but he's a guy that I think you know he's exactly what you talk about. You got this is the guy you bring in, you red shirt, you get him bigger, you work with him, and then hopefully by like maybe his red shirt, you know, freshman or red shirt sophomore year, he's ready to start competing for playing time. So those are some of the guys. Shamar Michael, I always like guys from South Florida. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, it's just different down there. Yeah. Those guys live, eat, breathe, sleep football. There's the the athletes are literally growing on the trees. There's so many of them. I mean, it's just incredible the amount of talent in that part of the in that part of the country and that part of Florida. Six five, two hundred five. You know, long and lanky. He's been another guy you have to develop, but you know, got the quick twitch and all that. And then Javier Etheridge. 
um, from Mount Healthy. I don't think IU – one thing I didn't like about the way Grant Hurd recruited, there's too many 6'4 guys. And I, and I love 6'4 receivers, but I think you need some of these smaller guys. You're right, you right. Know, the Shane Wins, um, the Walt Fillyors, those guys who do who, – who, you know, can really create havoc. And it's third and four, third and five. You know, Mitchell Page, he was a he was a walk-on, but he was kind of that size. Yep. Those guys on third and four, third and five, they get open in the middle of the field against the safety or the linebacker or the nickel guy, and they just get you first downs. And, you know, he's he's a smaller guy, but he's quick and athletic. So just th- those are some of the guys. I, I got the list pulled up like you do. Those are some of the guys. And there's a lot of guys in this class that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the guys that, you know, kind of stand out long snapper never talk about long snapper unless he screws up and they've got the number one ranked long snapper in the country now in sue cup so you know this is a guy that I, you know you lose sean ratcher who's been absolutely phenomenal we never talk about sean ratcher which is good right that means he's not making mistakes so they're gonna have to replace him next year and you you, you got you know according to cole's kicking the number one guy at that position well those are like you said those are the guys that you don't think about and when you don't have them you're you're scrambling to find one you know so uh having a guy that's coming in with that's what he does that's his specialty uh he's worth his weight in gold i've seen the peterson kid play up here i saw him play against homestead first game of the year uh impressive kid uh like you said i think he he has a lot of uh raw talent that over time i think he's got a high ceiling on him and uh i would expect him to be somebody that could you know find his way into the line up you know that second third year uh down at indiana comes from a good program as you well know i do is there anybody out there up in indiana i should say that have offers from iu but iu hasn't heard back as far as a commitment yet uh, have off they, the top i'm trying to think off the top man i mean you, there's some good players up by you but they absolutely all, you know, receivers tay tay uh, yeah, he's going there. Uh, he's going to Notre uh, Dame. And Tuggles going to Georgia. Mylon Graham, New Haven is going to Ohio State. Um, there's a, this has been a, this was a good year in state. I mean, there's a lot of high level guys. I mean, you look at the top five or six: Ohio State, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Danny O'Neill from Cathedral going to Colorado, and obviously with Dion, they're recruiting high level guys. So, um, you know, another kid from up there, Josiah Edmond is going to Michigan, uh, uh, Napanee. That's near you, right? Yeah. That's kind of a little bit West of us, but I know okay. who you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, this was a, this was a really, really good year. Um, you know, Christian Peterson's a 17th ranked player. I mean, if you go, like I said, rankings are, are fun to talk about, right. you know, they don't mean everything, but 17th ranked player in the state, you know, uh, you know, Purdue's got a guy, Jordan King, an offensive tackle that I know IU recorded from Northside. Mm-hmm. He's 18th ranked. I mean, it just shows you that this, you know, Indiana has gotten a lot better in football. And you know how it is. Some years it's a little bit thinner, just, you know, based on. But this is one of those years where it's not thin. There is no. a lot of good players. You know, right now, I don't think there's anybody else that they're really recruiting in state. Um, maybe Donovan Hamilton, the receiver. You know, if something happens with Jeremy Bell. Maybe they look at him from Hamilton Southeastern. I know there's another kid they brought in for an official visit in the summer. Um, Josh Evans, I think his name is, he's from Florida. I think the Orlando area. Um, he may be a guy that they pivot to if they do lose Bell at some point. But I think for as far as in-state, you know, I remember talking to Co- Coach Wilson. He would always tell me he would not even think about Southern kids until around the 1st of October, um, right around towards the first month of the season. And he, all his focus up to that point was Midwest kid because Midwest kids you typically would commit earlier you know, towards the end of the summer and right. the Florida kids all kind of wait and they all do it in the fall. 
or even later than that because they play their season, take their visits in you know December, and then make their decision. So I've always kind of abided by that. I kind of pay more attention to the Midwestern kids early on, and then kind of shift my focus to uh, Georgia, Florida, and some of those places where they seem to be a little bit later in their decision making. So I would say in state they're probably done. Uh, maybe somebody pops up, but I think they're probably done. And, you know, they're at 18, well, 17, take off Hubert Caliste, um, 17. I would say, and the thing is, it's so hard, you know, four or five years ago, coach, you could ask me how many they're going to take. I could ballpark and be probably within two or three with the portal. Now I have no idea. <laughs> I was actually talking to a staff member uh, on the field before Saturday's game. I, I, I said, could you even put in a ballpark? He said, nah, no, no clue. Right, because you just don't know. They won't know until you know end of November, and after maybe even after the season. I mean, he they were talking about. He goes, "We got a guy in August. They got a kid for you know. They got a transfer in August. Right, you know. So it's just it it's so hard to ballpark it anymore. But hopefully, it's not another huge class because it's tough when you have that much turnover year after year. But we're kind of in that world now where you're going to be bringing in maybe. And I saw where yesterday the NCAA's got rid of the the initial counter thing. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's you just... may see going forward, some guys do a Dion and basically turn over 75, 80, 85% of the roster. Um, you know, uh, if they can, I, I mean, it's tough, but it's just kind of the world we live in now. Yeah. You know, the other guy up here that I don't know if I use offered or not, but he's got a lot of power fives is the Brock Scott kid out of Leo. He's a player. And, uh, now he's, he's, a, yeah, he's a 25 though. Right? Yeah, I believe so. He's a guy yeah. that I yeah, they've, think, all, they've offered him. I've actually yeah. messaged with him and he was down. He's been down for a home game. I can't remember which one, but he's been down for a game. It was, uh, it might've been the Indiana state game, but I can't remember. I have to go back and look at my yeah. notes, but yeah, they, they're, they're recruiting him. I know he's a, he, he looks like a big time guy. Yeah, he is a big time guy. If you if you if you watch him, he's a big timer, no doubt, no doubt. Now with early now, refresh me on the early signing period. Is that in December for these kids? Yeah, and it's I'm trying to look at my calendar here real quick. It's it's like right around the middle of the, the month. Yeah, that's what um, I thought. It's right December is what I thought. So I want to say my guess is this year. I haven't looked at the date. My guess is it'll be December 20th. Right. It's always a Wednesday and it's th it's actually three days. So it's it'll go Wednesday to the Friday. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing people don't know. It's not just one day. It's actually, it's actually three. And actually, you know, when they used to do it in February, even though February, the first Wednesday in February right. is a signing day, kids would, kids could sign after that. Exactly. You know, Absolutely. Was, yeah. Right. But everybody, most kids like 90, probably 98%, if not more signed all on that day when it was just one day. Now, um, you know, so, but it's actually for three days and I would guess it's the 20th. I, I, I haven't looked that up, but, um, it, I would assume it'll be right around the, the 20th, the week before Christmas. Um, and then obviously you have the one in February and, and, you know, now the portal days, the ones in early January and right. the spring are almost as important. Yeah. Because, yeah. And I, I don't think you probably have an idea of how many they'll hold for portal kids, but, um, that doesn't really start ratcheting up until after the first of the year, really, right? As it for, pertains to the yeah, portal, yeah, there'll be there may be some kids who jump in right after their season's over. You know, uh, and and I mean, let's be honest. It, you can say what you want. These a lot. Of, you know, you know who's going to the portal. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, I you know when when Reese Taylor left, I got a I got a call and said Reese Taylor's going to the portal today, and tomorrow he's announced he's going to Purdue. 
I was like, okay, <laughs> so it was done. You know what I mean? You know, right. and it's, everybody's doing it. Everybody, you know, they talk to coaches, they talk to guys like you were, who were mm-hmm. high school coaches and Hey, you know, if he, if he jumps in the portal, we'd really love to have him. Yeah. Right. Um, so this stuff, you know, they know, um, they, so they did get some guys last year in December from the portal. The majority of their guys, so they have this new thing now. It's right after the first of January for like four or five days where, it's a, you can bring it used to be a dead period now for like four or five days you can bring in and it's only portal guys you can bring in portal guys for official visits oh, it's really? literally okay. right before i mean i talked to some of the coaches it's stressful as heck because the team's getting ready to come back to campus and you're trying to get these portal guys in so it, it's it's a stressful time but um yeah there's that there, that's there's that period and then there's the period uh was it mid-april when they open the portal the, the portal back up again and guys can jump in but the kind of the big one because a lot of guys want to get there mid-year they want to get there for that spring semester so yeah that time in early january is is a, is an important one well hey man i appreciate you jumping on here tonight and uh getting this getting us all caught up on this stuff and uh we'll catch you again down the road again Oh, no problem. Anytime. Thanks, Coach. All right, Coach. Hey, we'll see you, Matt. Matt Weaver from pigs.com. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. Appreciate it. Well, as you can see, Matt has a lot of information that he can give us on on top of the top players here in Indiana and does great work for pigs.com. And we're going to be right back right after this. Welcome back to Hoosier Football Tailgate here on the Believe Network. Appreciate Matt for joining us here the this evening to talk a little bit about the OC situation and uh, with Rod Carey now being uh, elevated to that position. And uh, I think it's going to be one of those things now that he's involved with it. Uh, it's you know gives IU a chance to get back to doing some you know some of the things that they were uh, perhaps good at as 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 Coach Carey said he wants to do things that they were good at eliminate the things that they weren't so great at and and hopefully he can get the ship on the right trail uh, with that and I know Matt had some good insight into that not just being a Walt Bell Walt Bell situation as it always does encompass the whole offensive group wanted to talk here a little bit about the 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 schedule that's being uh released by the big 10 here uh for uh the next few seasons as as we go ahead with um this new uh, group of teams coming in with it being UCLA, Oregon, USC, and Washington being the new teams that will be joining the Big Ten uh, moving forward here. And um, this now will make the Big Ten a true East to West Coast conference. Um, and I know there was some, you know, there was some negative sentiment about, you know, uh, bringing in these West Coast teams and it pertaining to the student athlete itself and how that may or may not impact it. I think one thing the Big Ten will do will make sure the majority of the contest for those West Coast teams are still amongst themselves with a few that involve here in the Midwest. But looking at Indiana's 24 uh, 
conference opponents right now. They're going to have Michigan State, Northwestern, Ohio State, UCLA at home. And then, of course, they'll be on the road at Maryland, Michigan, Nebraska, Purdue, and Washington. Uh uh, for that season. So a pretty good balance there. Of course, you've got the Ohio state and Michigan still in the, in the loop on, uh, on that. And then of course you're bringing UCLA and then uh, Indiana going out to Washington uh, for those uh, two West coast uh, teams. Uh, the other thing that they said that, uh, they're going to do is also making sure the bucket game is protected as all other uh, in-conference rivalries and stuff. 25, um, Oregon comes into the fray, as does, uh, again, UCLA. But again, a pretty tough schedule there for Indiana. They, but they've got Iowa, Maryland, Oregon, Penn State, and Purdue at home. And then they've got their contest on the road. So they're, you know, in that regard, Guard, they've got a positive in terms of number of home games that year uh, for them in the Big Ten. Uh, but again, Iowa, Oregon, and Penn State, uh, tough, tough, tough deal, as well as Michigan State on the road, UCLA and Wisconsin on the road. And again, remember, they're doing away with the East-West. It's just one big group of uh, teams uh, moving forward uh, on the Big Ten Conference with the top two teams playing in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, not quite sure how they're going to handle uh any ties, uh, but that's uh, to be determined. And then in 26, they have Michigan, uh, uh, Washington again at home. And then on the road, they pick up Minnesota uh, and USC with some other common opponents that we've seen. So Washington seems to be the team that the Hoosiers are going to play the most from the West Coast as it looks right now uh, through the next couple of years. And then in 27, uh, USC comes into the fray, as does um, that may be the only West Coast team that they play in 27 as they pick up Illinois, uh, Minnesota at home. Uh, on the road at Iowa and Michigan. And then in 28, uh, the Hoosiers uh, pick up again, UCLA at home and then Washington on the road. And as you can see right now, um, it's a pretty, uh, pretty uh, intense schedule. And you can't really say that there's any, uh, um, patsies on that schedule moving forward in the in the Big Ten um, when it comes to just uh, Indiana playing uh, some of the bigger uh, opponents that they have scheduled uh, moving forward in the upcoming years with UCLA, USC, Washington coming aboard, Oregon coming aboard as well. Um, it is going to be a very um, uh, tough schedule for Indiana in that regard. Um, when it, when you look at it uh, from that perspective and uh, IU will have themselves uh, a pretty robust schedule in the Big Ten moving forward um, 
here after this season as the Hoosiers will take on some of these uh, Pac-12 teams coming in the league, which I think it'll be uh, fascinating for that to occur. And uh, don't uh, think one bit that it's not going to be something that um, uh, that it's going to be easy in that regard, but they're going to get a, get away from the East and West divisions of the Big Ten, which in some respects I think are good. And then in some other respects, it's going to be a challenge for Indiana, uh, probably not any more than it has been over the last couple of years. Well, I want to thank you for joining us here today on the Hoosier football tailgate here on the Believe Network. Remember, betonline.com for all your betting needs as it pertains to all of the breakdowns and matchups that are occurring week in, week out for the NFL and college season. Also, remember, use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit through uh, betonline.ag. Remember, BetOnline is where the game starts. We appreciate Matt Weaver and his expertise. We will catch you on Monday as we dive into Michigan with the Hoosiers having a bye week this week. For the co- I am the coach, Shannon Griffith. Thank you for joining me here on the Hoosier Football Tailgate on the Believe Network. Good night, everybody.